Welcome to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast, where we provide revolutionary training materials to individuals, healing practitioners, leaders, and influencers globally. Your kingdom destiny awaits, and it all begins with a mindset. Well, hello and welcome to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. My name is Dr. Jessica Rothmeyer, and today we continue in our six-session series about rebooting your mindset. During this season uh, three, I have spent approximately 12 episodes giving you practical ways to detox your mind from the ungodly, unbiblical teachings of this world. And now, in order to set our mind on kingdom standards, we must do a hard reset, just like you would do with your phone or your computer. So it must be with our human souls which includes your mind, your will, and your emotions. So in today's show, I would like to talk to you about the role of forgiveness and the difference between forgiving and forgetting and how to reboot your mind if you become bogged down or even tormented with persistent, intrusive, cyclical, or negative thoughts. In previous episodes, I've done quite a bit of teaching on the healing power of forgiveness, so I would encourage you to go back and listen to those teachings as well. But for today, I would like to focus on the idea of the worldly saying, forgive and forget. We've all heard it, and we've all tried to either live it out or to refute it. I think for some people, trying to forgive and forget is a noble thing to do especially for those of us as Christians who know that the key to healthy living and a God-uttering lifestyle is to live from forgiveness. And for those who do not understand the spiritual power of forgiveness, perhaps they are simply following worldly advice. That says it's healthy to forgive. Most people can recognize that emotionally and physically they feel better when they choose to forgive. But what happens When those memories of how people have hurt you come back, what should you do when people hurt you in a similar way? And it seems to be a reoccurring wound and even somewhat traumatic in your life. And what about those people who, because of their misbelief that forgiveness and forgetting are tied together, they would choose not to forgive because somehow, deep inside, they know they will not forget. So let's clear up a few things so that you can set your mind on biblical truth and begin to heal and experience more freedom as God would intend for your life. First is the motivation behind choosing to forgive someone. If we look at it from a world's perspective, that there is scientific and medical evidence that those who choose to forgive are just happier, healthier people. That's a fairly good reason to give it a try. But as I have literally helped thousands of my clients walk through the process of forgiveness, what I have noticed is depending on the severity of the offense that needs forgiveness, or if the person is actually trying to forgive themselves, which for some reason seems to be the hardest person to forgive, that people can actually become weary in offering forgiveness. And it was with this frustration and emotional exhaustion that my clients would begin to express worldly thinking and quote sayings such as, what if by forgiving them, I'm just giving them permission to hurt me again? Or I'll forgive you once or twice, but three strikes and you're out. Or hurt me once, shame on you. Hurt me twice, shame on me. And so on and so on. 
This is why my preference when giving counseling advice was always to come from a biblical perspective. We do not forgive because it is noble or that it somehow makes us look good or so that we can feel like we're better than others. And really, at the core of our motivation, it should not even be for our own self-centered well-being. Rather, we forgive because we have been forgiven. The next response someone will have might sound something like, yeah, but I have never treated someone the way that they have hurt me. And herein lies the problem with that type of thinking. First, the weight of our sins is different through God's eyes. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Remember, many things that make sense to us and seem rational in our human minds, the ways we have been taught in this world, are not God's ways of the kingdom. In the world, to gossip or have conflict with others, or even to make eyes at a good-looking man or woman would not be considered a horrible sin, if one at all, (laughs) by the world's standards. But in Romans chapter 1, the sin of being a gossip is listed right next to God-haters and murderers. And in Proverbs 6, it says there are seven sins that God hates. Man, that's a strong word, hates. And one of them is a person who stirs up conflict. And in Matthew 5, 27 through 32, Jesus teaches that if a man even looks at a woman in lust, he has committed the sin of adultery in his heart. And Jesus's suggestion, if your eye causes you to sin, rip it out. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. (laughs) The moral of the story, sin is a big deal to God. And we sin every day against a holy and almighty God in ways one could not even begin to comprehend without the help of Holy Spirit conviction. That is why Jesus, the spotless lamb, had to die for us, because there was no way we could ever repay the debt caused by our sins, weighted in the spiritual realm against God's perfect glory. So, through this perspective, we should feel motivated to forgive others, always, no matter what the sin or offense that was committed against us, out of deep reverence and gratitude in the knowledge of being forgiven by God because of Jesus. God so loved the world, not just you, but the world, that he gave his one and only son to die on the cross. And the religious people who were mocking Jesus during his crucifixion did not understand that it wasn't a matter of power or the ability to create a miracle that Jesus didn't come down from the cross. Rather, what they failed to comprehend was that it was love that held him there, not the nails. Jesus died because he was willing to be a living sacrifice so that mankind could be reconciled to the Father and live in relationship with him. That should be a revelation that would motivate us to offer forgiveness for a lifetime of sins, those committed against us and those we commit. I want to share two scriptures with you that I have found to be eye-opening and quite helpful in shifting one's mindset about living from a state of forgiveness for others and for yourself. The first one is Matthew 5, 23 through 24. So then, 
If you are presenting a gift before the altar and suddenly you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer, leave your gift there in front of the altar and go at once to apologize to the one who is offended. Then, after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. That we cannot even have a holy offer of worship to the Lord if there is some type of unforgiveness between us and others. Isn't that incredible? And then 1 Peter 3, 7 says, if husbands do not treat their wives with understanding and loving kindness, that when they pray, their prayers will not be answered. God is looking for reconciliation with others before we try to reconcile with him. So now that we have established the motivation for why we must offer forgiveness, always, is it biblical to say, if you forgive, then you should also forget? Because if you have a memory of it, or you spend time thinking about how others have hurt you, did you really forgive? I really enjoy teaching about this false worldly doctrine because it typically is something that most people, even mature Christians, have never heard of before. So we are to forgive, but not forget. You see, that is simply not how the human mind works. God created us to have memories, and the loss of those memories always cause a problem. Whether we choose to block them because the memory is too painful, or our brain does it out of self-protection during a traumatic event, or whether we stuff our feelings and command ourselves to forget out of anger or grief. These different ways of forgetting can actually be a type of spiritual curse, leading to diseases such as dementia, Parkinson's, and just general memory loss later in life. Some people will say, yes, but doesn't the Bible say God no longer sees our sin? That he casts all of our sin into the sea, that our iniquities are behind his back, suggesting he doesn't remember them? Yes, but the difference between us and God is he is without sin, and he has perfect spiritual eyes. We do not. Therefore, God actually uses the memory of our sin or how we have been sinned against us to help us, to heal us and to mature us in faith. One of the best teachings on this subject that I have heard was by Vodibachan, and he taught through Psalm 51 some of the reasons God does not remove our memory. First is that we couldn't testify to the goodness of God because a memory of our sin keeps us broken over the idea of sin. And it really instigates this genuine gratitude inside of us for the goodness of a God who would forgive us and reconcile us to him through Jesus. Another reason is that we wouldn't be warned from doing it again, that the consequences of our sin actually leads us into repentance. And this works the same way as it warns us from how others have sinned against us. That a lot of times there's a lesson in that, that God is trying to teach us. That it is through these memories that we would be warned of allowing people to treat us a certain way. 
that the consequences that we suffered because of the sin that was committed against us might help us respond in healthier ways, might have, we might have stronger boundaries because of it. So this is a really important way we do not want to forget. Another reason is that we couldn't rejoice in our victories. We couldn't look back and see the growth that the Holy Spirit has produced in us. It also helps us to stay humble. When we can look back and we can recognize the weight and offense of our sin, that it is an affront to a holy and almighty God. This keeps us in a posture of humility, which is so important in our Christian walk. And a memory of sin can prevent you from allowing it to be a hindrance to your authentic worship and your relationship with God. So as you continue to see and have a memory of the sin you have committed and the sins committed against you, you start to recognize the importance of forgiveness and how just as that scripture that I quoted says that we must have reconciliation with others before we can come to the Lord. This keeps our soul in the right posture before we come to worship and have intimacy with God. So the important factor here is to have the skills to deal with memories properly so that they do not hurt you and you truly allow them to refine you, not to keep you in bondage. The simple formula I teach my clients is this. Be sure you have forgiven that person. And remember, this includes yourself. And each specific hurt, wound, and offense has been dealt with spiritually. That means saying and believing in your heart you want to forgive them. And then any judgment or punishment you think they deserve, that you have wholeheartedly released that to the Lord. This process can be found on my website through the online class, Healing the Wounds of Your Soul, or in my book, It's Time for a Revolution. I will put the links in the show notes for today. And then, have you fully received forgiveness from Jesus for the sins and offenses you have caused others, committed against God, or have held against yourself? One of the ways I explain self-forgiveness is like this. If you believe Jesus died on the cross for you, and you sincerely believe that his death happened in reality, meaning he suffered, he bled, and he died an excruciating and humiliating death, do you want to give him the full measure of his inheritance that he so preciously bought for you? Would you deny him even one ounce of his blood that was shed? so that all of your sins would be forgiven. That's a hard thing to say no to. And again, I think people who struggle with self-unforgiveness believe that if they forgive themselves, then they have a free ticket to sin again. Like holding on to unforgiveness will keep you from sinning or somehow protect you from feeling condemnation from God. Because you think it's easier to know you are mad at yourself rather than think of God being mad at you. There are a lot of lies and unbiblical beliefs in this train of thought. And yet I have heard it year after year in my time as a counselor. Please forgive yourself because God has forgiven you. So 
You forgave others. Check. You forgive yourself. Check. You have the motivation to continue to offer forgiveness because of understanding the immense love God has for you and you desire to live in gratitude for how he has forgiven you. Check. Now, a memory of how you sinned or someone sinned against you comes into your mind or you are triggered emotionally because of being hurt or offended in a similar way in that moment. What do you do? First, ask the Holy Spirit, why am I having this memory right now? Wait for an answer. You can ask follow-up questions such as, do I have unhealed wounds in my soul? Do I need to forgive this person or incident again more authentically? Are you, Lord, preparing me to help someone else and I need to understand this sin or offense on a deeper spiritual level? Are you trying to protect me, Lord, from being hurt again by showing me a new truth about this memory? After you feel you have heard an answer, allow God to minister to you. Say a prayer of gratitude for how he is using the memory of sin to develop you, to protect you, and to refine you into the likeness of Jesus. If the thoughts or feelings of how people have hurt you things they have said or done to you continue to ruminate or plague you, this might be a sign of evil influence. And very simply, tell it to leave in Jesus' name. It could sound something like this, spirit of chaos and deception that is making me feel confused and leaving me with feelings of bitterness because how this person has hurt me. You must flee right now in the name of Jesus. I apply the blood of Jesus to these sins. I forgive and release this person. And I choose to bless them today in Jesus' name. Sometimes I would have to do that several times before the negative or ruminating thoughts would subside. And because the mind can be such a place of deception and evil influence, remember one of the keys to freedom is to say these prayers aloud. If you're feeling especially tired, hungry, fearful, or weary from the spiritual attacks in your mind, ask a friend or a pastor to pray with you. And then, as we have learned, fill your mind with God's word. Find a verse that you feel speaks to the issue you are dealing with in a positive way. Perhaps it is about the love and forgiveness that God has for you. And perhaps it's more specific to the sin or the offense that was perpetrated against you. If you are trying to heal from betrayal and not allowing these memories to cause you mental, emotional, or physical reactions, then choose scripture that speaks to God's faithfulness and decree it aloud over and over until the manifest symptoms are gone. God wants to use the memories of our sin and the sins and offenses committed against us to keep us in a posture of humility, spiritual growth, and in complete awe and reverence for the magnificent gift of forgiveness. I pray you found today's episode to bring you great revelation and perhaps freedom in your soul. Join me next week as I discuss the importance of healing from abuse and trauma to make room for the new and beautiful truths that God has for you. Until then, be blessed in your mind and in your spirit. 
Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today's teaching, I would invite you to subscribe to the show and share it with others to bring healing and transformation to the lives of those around you.